I am privileged to be here. I sense this is going to be one of these days where the notes aren't going to be too important uh, here today. Uh, but I come here, as um, David said, representing Tikkun. Tikkun is a network of Messianic congregations here in America and in Israel, in the land. And we have a, um, we have a congregation in Jerusalem that believes in the fullness of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has native-born Israelis. The services are all in Hebrew. So you have people, young, many, many young people in the land, part of the Israeli army, that are saying, Baruch Hababa Shem Adonai. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. <laughs> and as you most as you know, Yeshua said he would not come back again until they, who is they, Israel, says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So we're in that time right now of thousands of Jewish people in the land of Israel that are starting now to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we are blessed to be a kind of on the cutting edge of that with, with the, uh, Asher and Trader. Uh, in uh, Jerusalem, and Eitan Shishkov, who will be here in another week or so, uh, who's in uh, the Haifa, yeah, I think it's the Haifa area of Israel. Uh, and these men, our Tikkun organization network is led by Dan Juster. You know Dan Juster. I've known Dan since 1981. I've, I've known Dan since 35 years now. And I was talking to Robert the uh, past couple of days. Our whole network is so based on, on relationships. It's so based on long-term relationships. Isn't that what God is about? God is about establishing long-term, and I mean very long-term, like eternity long-term, relationships with each one of us. And I'm blessed to uh, be part of Tikkun and to serve on the leadership of Tikkun. You also know Mike Rudolph and Todd Westfall who've been here and I serve with those guys as well. And they've all got a good sense of humor. Dan's got a little kind of corny sense of humor but it's still, still a good sense of humor. The only other time I was in Virginia to minister in a church was somewhere between 25 or so years ago. It was when I was in business. I've only been leading our congregation. I've been part of the same congregation for 35 years. I haven't gone anywhere. But I've only been serving in leadership as the senior leader the past 14 or so years. But I was here in Virginia about 25 years ago. Let me tell you how it took took place. I was working in New York in an IBM uh, office, and um, there was a man who uh, took notice of the ring I was wearing. I have this ring that I had made up a long time ago with a Jewish star and a crown of thorns around the Jewish star. And he noticed it and said, could I ask you what that is? And I told him the obvious. It's Yeshua, the Messiah, who willingly gave his life 
and died for Israel as well as all the nations. His name was Tony, Tony Campbell. And Tony and I became friends. About a year later, he moved to Manassas and he started a church. The denomination is Church of God in Christ. This is back in the 80s. And um, so I said, Tony, what's the name of your church? He says, it's Yeshua Church. And this was back in the 80s, mind you. And I said, really? Okay. So did you know there are churches that have a great love for Israel? And did you know there are churches that are just looking for the opportunity to bond with the Messianic believers? Giving you a clue of my message here today. So anyway, back, so, so I was uh, in business, and, and Tony calls me, and he says, Jack, I started this church. I want you to come down and, and preach for us. I never preached before, and uh, it frankly scared me. And I said to Tony, listen, our Messianic rabbi, he loves to travel. And he'll come down to Manassas, and he'll preach such a sermon, you're going to love it. Tony said, uh-uh, I want you to come down. Tried as I might, I couldn't get off the hook. So uh, I went to Manassas about 25 years ago and preached to Tony's church. And they were so gracious because I'm sure it was very, very rough around the edges. <laughs> and um, as I was preparing to come here, I thought about Tony. And I haven't been in touch with him for at least 20 years or so. And so I thought to myself, we can show the picture right now of um, that's his church in Manassas. There you are. Hallelujah. That's a clap. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, if I'm going to mention the fact that I, uh, that I have this really warm place in my heart for Virginia and Manassas, I better, it hasn't, it's been 20 years. So I said, let me shoot him an email. So I, should, I did. This was just uh, earlier last week. And uh, he wrote back and said, Jack, this is wonderful. Why don't you come to see us on Sunday? So tomorrow morning, on my way home to New York, I'm going to detour over uh, to Manassas and uh, say a few words and just uh, have the great blessing of giving Tony a big hug and his family and reuniting with him. So uh, such a blessing for me to be here. And, uh, I really, really uh, love you guys, <laughs> even though uh, I don't know you personally. I, I love you, brothers and sisters. I started my conversations with Robert last summer about coming here, so I've been praying about what it is that I was supposed to speak about. Uh, I sensed from Robert that there was a strong foundation here, and now that I'm here, I've come to see that it's exceeded my expectations. I encourage you, Tikvat Yisrael, uh, in the Lord, to never, ever grow weary of well-doing. These pews are going to get filled. Amen. So as you're celebrating Simchat Torah, we celebrated this past Monday night on Shemini Yatzeret. I wanted to uh, speak from the Torah 
this morning, and I have something for you this morning. So let's, um, we're going to dive in, but I'm, I'm going to diverge just a, a moment more with you. Um, whenever I hear of major mega churches, you know, really big churches or big ministries, um, I hear of them from a, a book I'm reading or whatever I'm looking at or hear about a church like that. It occurs to me, I always wonder in the back of my mind, um, where they are with their relationship with Israel. You know, I'm not to minimize all the great things that they're doing, but I always wonder, what are, what are they doing with the relationship with Messianic believers here, uh, where they are or, or in the land? Did you ever, does that ever occur to anybody else? So, um, you know, um, regardless of their size, whether they're mega churches or they're small Gentile churches, there's every one of those churches is absolutely called from Scripture to be in significant relationship with Israel. They are grafted in. And what are they grafted into? I'm probably preaching to the choir here. I kind of realize that a bit. But isn't it so that all churches, big and small, should be in relationship with Israel? You can, you can go like that. Okay. Several years ago, Dan Jester summarized what scripture has to say for time's sake he's got a very good summary here if you want to take a look at it with me what we have to realize as believers is that the purposes of God for Israel and the church are intertwined the capstone victory of the church is Israel's salvation hallelujah which will lead to the salvation of the nations. The two-pronged mission of the church is making Israel jealous and engaging in world missions. For the church to give up one prong would be tragic. Amens to this? Does that resonate with you? I received the Lord uh, back in... Um, 1981, and um, the man most responsible in nurturing me and my search was a Gentile man. In fact, there were some Jewish guys that were believers, and I didn't want to hear it from them because I grew up with this understanding that if you're Jewish, have nothing to do with Jesus. Right, Eric? <laughs> we talked about this last night. Long story short, my parents were founding members of a synagogue in Bergen County, New Jersey, called Temple Sinai, where I had my bar mitzvah. When I became a believer, they thought, uh-oh, he's no longer Jewish. He's converted to Christianity. What they saw messed with their minds because over the years, they saw that I was more genuinely interested in my Judaism than I ever was before. It was alive now for me in the person of Jesus, Yeshua, or Messiah. 
Several years went by. My parents came to uh, our Passover seders, other things that we had. And um, again, long story short, one Yom, Yom Kippur morning, the Day of Atonement, my father received the Lord. Uh, two years later, my mother received the Lord. And then um, not too long after that, my brother also uh, received the Lord. Uh, listen, I don't know how many Jewish believers are here. It doesn't matter to me how many Jewish believers are here. But what matters, and my point is, I didn't want to hear it from Jewish people. It was a Gentile who loved on me, who made me jealous and drew me to the Lord. So just do this. If you're Jewish here today, and if it was primarily a Gentile person that led you to the Lord, would you raise your hand? Okay, take a look, a little, look around. Good number of hands. Praise God. Praise God. So, I am going somewhere here today. For you, for all Messianic congregations, for Tikvat Yisrael, there is a core part of your spiritual identity that's given in Torah. And I know most of you are very familiar with this passage from Genesis chapter 12, given by God to Abraham. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those that bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all families of the earth will be blessed. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. This core part of the spiritual identity of Abraham and Abraham's descendants, you and me who are Jewish here, and this Messianic congregation, this is still part of our identity. You can keep this one up for a while. Notice the calling the specific promise that comes from God to Abraham. First, notice that Abraham is to go forth. Keep that alive in your minds as we go through this, this message today. There's something here for Tikvat Yisrael. I'm going to come, come back to it in just a moment about going forth. For Abraham... Going forth, by his going forth, all families of the earth will be blessed. And this covenant God made to Abraham was to raise up a nation from Abraham which would bring blessing to all the nations of the world. And I submit to you humbly today, this hasn't changed. So in other words, the purpose of Israel, especially redeemed Israel, the Messianic believers, is to be God's priestly instrument to restore the nations to the blessings of God. As you study Scripture, you find that Israel 
and the nations, they're an everlasting distinction of people. There's Israel, then there's the nations. And Israel is the instrument to bring blessing to the nations, to bring blessing to the nations in the fullness of their calling within the kingdom of God. And I believe that the fullness of the blessings to the nations, to the churches, is not complete unless they have the piece of, a, piece of it that is Israel and the Messianic believers, that the church hasn't replaced Israel. Hallelujah. Right? Etc. So Tikkun is this network of Messianic congregations here in the States and in Israel. And we have a vision, and we have a mission statement. Essentially, as far as Tikvat Yisrael is concerned, what we want to do is see richness of fruitfulness and blessing for the season and the season beyond for, he, for you guys. And we want to do everything that we can to come alongside you and nurture your congregation in any way you need, you discern that you need to be nurtured in order to see that come to pass. Let's look at the uh, Tikkun vision. It's provoking the Jewish people to embrace Yeshua and encouraging the church to embrace the Jewish people. The mission to be an apostolic network that aims to provide oversight to leaders, ministries, and congregations through covenant relationships, mutual support. So far, so good? No complaints? I know it's a Jewish congregation. No complaints? You're okay? You'll, you'll keep your questions and answer it. Well, you keep your questions, and you know the answers. <laughs> I was going to say keep your questions for later and your answers. Anyway, I'm having fun with you. There are four bullet points to this mission. Let's look at two, two, of, the, the two of the bullet points. Exhorting and educating the church regarding her Jewish roots and responsibilities to the Jewish people. Partnering with church leaders for the full restoration of Israel and the church. Are we still okay? By God's grace over the years that I've been serving with Tikkun, and not just serving, but just being a member within a Messianic congregation under Tikkun, I have seen such amazing fruitfulness come forth, especially from our, our shaliach, our apostle, Dan Jester, and the others that serve in Tikkun. They have made such relationships with church leaders. One of the first to really uh, bond with us was Pastor Jack Hayford, if some of you know that name, from his church in California. There has been so many more. Dan actually got to spend time with the Catholic Church, and um, the previous Pope, Benedict, I believe his name is, before he was the Pope, 
He was the, the head theologian for the Catholic Church. And Dan got to sit down with him for approximately an hour and uh, share. And it was a real time of bonding with the Catholic Church. So let's move forward, fast forward a bit here. I hope it's what I've said so far is resonating with you because it should be resonating with you. And the reason that it should be resonating with you is the uh, vision statement of Tikvat Yisrael that uh, David Wine stated right at the beginning of service. And that is to bridge and restore relationship between Yeshua, the Jewish people, and the nations. Wow. Sounds a lot like the vision of Tikkun, doesn't it? Hello? It's an excellent vision statement. And I listened to uh, David's excellent message about a month ago where he spoke from the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And it was a really, really good sermon, in my opinion, about how it is that, you know, you don't just achieve the vision like, you know, a straight upward line, you just go right up there. He was speaking from Scripture of how often it is that, you know, we go to a plateau and then we either even off or sometimes there's a bit of a drop off. But by God's grace and by God's power working in and through us, we're going we're to achieve that vision. Amen? We're going to get there if we don't grow weary in well-doing. All right, so where are we here? Um, back when um, the Lord called me into the ministry full-time, I heard from the Lord about this sense that I was supposed to bond with the local churches in our area. I felt it very strongly. I looked around and I saw that a lot of Messianic congregations were not doing this for any number of reasons. Maybe it was they felt that the church doesn't like us, or I don't know what it is, but I felt very strongly the Lord wanted me to do this. So hallelujah, we meet Saturdays. Hallelujah, the church meets Sundays. Guess what? I'm free on Sunday. And so I thought to myself, what have I got to lose? I'll go, I'll hang out with some folks. So I would go on Sunday mornings to different churches in our area. I tried to make myself not seen. I would go more toward the back just to hang out. Sometimes the pastor would pick me out. I don't know why. I look different. <laughs> And uh, they'd introduce me or whatever. But um, seriously, um, I felt I was supposed to just go, go, go with this and really pursue relationship with them. And uh, it has borne fruit. It has been one of the most wonderful things for our congregation. Um, so instead of telling you all about it, I wrote a Bible study with a Gentile brother named Ed Rogers called Becoming One. And... Uh, this is a guide for uniting Jewish and Gentile believers. I have Spanish, too, just in case. So um, I would encourage you, perhaps, perhaps you should take a look at this, because what it's meant to do is for the Messianic congregations that are not that excited about bonding with the local churches, it's for you to understand why scripturally 
You should be excited about it. And it's for churches too. Same reasons. If they haven't really, the Messianic believers aren't on their spiritual radar screen, this is to help get it on their spiritual radar screen. So, let me see how I'm doing time-wise here. Probably going longer than I should. I don't know. I don't see any hooks. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> But this is what I want to bring to you, that I'm very sincere that there is so much blessing in this congregation. Uh, just wonderful. But I really believe that you guys somehow, the elders will pray about it, are supposed to be bonding with the churches in your area for this season. So let me close. I'll touch on Romans chapter 11 just a bit. Paul's teaching the Gentile folks, the believers, about the fullness and about the richness of their identities in Messiah Yeshua. Now, Paul goes much deeper into this subject, um, but I'm just going to conclude with this verse from Romans 11. If you, referring to the Gentiles, were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree. How much more will these, meaning Israel, who are the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So here we, we have the Apostle Paul providing the Gentile. He wants the believers to understand this important part about their spiritual identity. He says, if you're not born Jewish, if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree, this is you. If you're a Gentile, see, you're, you're wild. Wild group of people here. We're trying to keep up with you. The Jews get pretty wild too, I'll tell you. But he says, how much more Will the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? So what Paul is saying is that these natural branches will be grafted back in. And further on in the passage, all Israel will be saved. And even in verse 28, he says, even those that are not yet saved, though they may be considered as enemies of the gospel, they're still beloved for the sake of the fathers. Okay. So, it's this going forth, okay? That's, that's what I'm hearing this morning for you. I know you're all busy. I know about busy. I live in New York. I know what crazy busy is. But when you have a priority that's from the Lord... You make the time to do it. If it's God's priority, and I'm suggesting here that it is, and your elders and you all want to be praying about this. When I embarked upon this quest to make relationship, it took time. Time that I knew I had to make because God wanted me to do it. So I went to churches 
week after week after week on Sunday mornings. I let the Ruach HaKodesh lead me. Go back to this one next week. So I do that. No, go over here next week. I would do it. And um, it bore fruit. I'm not saying this to sell books, but um, all of what happened with us and is still going on is, is here in the book. Maybe later I'll just talk to you about it so you don't have to buy the book. I'll save you a few dollars. We'll see. So, before the arrival of Yeshua, brothers and sisters, the olive tree was the Jewish people. That's it. Right? Very rare exceptions. There were some Gentiles that bonded together with Israel. But for all practical purposes, the olive tree was just Jewish. The Jewish people alone constituted the people of God, God's priestly people. But now, through Messiah Yeshua, he says to the Gentiles, Paul does, that you were taken from a wild olive tree. You've been grafted in to the Jewish olive tree. In other words, you've been joined to Israel. You've been joined to Israel. I'm not saying this to you because you know that, but I'm saying it as if I'm saying it to the churches out here. You're joined to Israel, whether you realize it or not. It doesn't mean that the Spanish person or the French person or the Chinese person becomes Jewish, still Spanish, French, Chinese, but they're grafted in by being joined to Israel, ancient Israel, and joined into the saved remnant of Israel today, here and now, to us, to the Messianic Jewish people. And you are now part of this one olive tree, so the church becomes like an extension of Israel. Do you get it? Without doing away with ethnic Israel. And this means that the identity of the church is a people from all nations who are joined to Israel. When the local churches receive, and I mean receive in here, in their hearts, these biblical truths, when they receive them from you, who else is going to tell them, by the way? When they receive them from you, Tikvot Yisrael, when your congregation offers to come to their church, there are some churches, I think the Holy, Holy Spirit before the service just told me this. I was praying with Robert. There are churches in this area, probably within a mile or two ra uh, radius, that are waiting for you to come, that will be excited Say, so where have you been? So glad that you're here. And um, when they are ready to learn from you how to best witness to their Jewish friends and neighbors. And within Tikkun, we have a, a presentation that doesn't cost you a penny, it doesn't cost them a penny to have a beautiful, you know, really well done professional type presentation 
presentation on how to witness to their Jewish friends, relatives, family. And when those Jewish people are provoked to jealousy by the local churches, this is all Bible, and when they receive Yeshua, and when they understand, as, as David said, that the Jewish people are to retain their identities as Jews, guess where they're going to come? Guess where they're going to end up? Thank you. Somebody's still awake? I'm amazed. <laughs> they're going to send them here for their nurturing and the support of their Jewish identities. In faith, anybody want to believe this with me? Yeah, raise your hands if you want to believe it in faith. Thank you, Lord. Abba, Father, 